Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. You know, this uh, great song by Don Henley of the Eagles really epitomizes what happened in talk television yesterday. And it's ironic that uh, Bill O'Reilly precedes me with his uh, update because he was talking about how the Fox News executives uh, told him to exit stage right. And within uh, almost no time at all, replaced him with Tucker Carlson. And you know, uh, they didn't miss a beat over at the Fox News Channel. They did not miss a beat. And think back to the time when Bill O'Reilly was ruling the roost. He had more ratings than anybody else. The no-spin circle. He said he dealt with conservatives, liberals, independents, moderates. And he had a huge audience. They didn't hesitate to whack him. Nah. And guess what? There's always somebody waiting in line to take your place. And I know I was, uh, my phone blew up yesterday. People that I know say, how can they do this to Tucker Carlson? It'll never be the same. I'll never watch the Fox News channel again. Yeah, they said the same thing when they whacked Bill O'Reilly. But guess what? Next week. Maybe a month from now, they'll have a permanent host, and you'll be watching the Fox News Channel at 8. My prediction is it'll be Tulsi Gabbard, uh, good-looking woman, smart, has that same sort of ideological bent that this Tucker Carlson had. Although Tucker Carlson, if you know him, as I know him, if you followed him through his career... You know he wasn't a populist before. No, no, no. Come on. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. These are actors and actresses. They read the teletype. There's no impromptu responses in talk TV. You don't get to improv. Everything is very structured. Having been a guest in all different talk uh, TV formats, All you have to do is shut up, sit on the sidelines, and watch how the programs are structured. So different than talk radio, which is totally improv, except for some who uh, all they do is read to you, regurgitate the same talking lines as the previous host or hostess. That's boring talk radio. But in talk TV, you're acting. They could just as easily be doing... 
another position in terms of talk TV. Give me an example. Tucker Carlson for years would wear the bow tie. And he was a fixture on CNN and a fixture on MSNBC. And he was basically depicted as being a libertarian, but who would lean left, liberal, moderate, libertarian. Boy, that's a new term, LML, liberal, moderate, uh, libertarian. And he was all three of those. And he'd wear that bow tie, which uh, to many uh, Tea Party activists and then eventually Trumpers, Represented country club Republicans, George Will, everything they hated about the traditional Republican Party. And I know having actually substituted for Tucker Carlson over at MSNBC, it was on at 10 o'clock at night. He wasn't uh, killing it with the ratings. It was an okay show. He asked me to substitute for him for the week with he had to go away with his uh, his family on a vacation. He said, just do me a favor, Curtis. Uh, make sure you don't alienate the audience. Uh, you don't drop any of those talk radio bombs. I said, look, uh, I'll do my best, Tucker. It's not my turf. It's your turf. I'm here to just substitute. I appreciate the opportunity. My very first guest was Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow was a uh, talk radio hostess at that time, teamed up with Chuck D, a public enemy, who was maybe the worst talk show host of all time. Uh, it was on Air America. It was a nationally syndicated attempt to get liberals to compete with the predominantly conservative talk radio stations. Good idea. But just these people had no sense of humor. They couldn't get any sponsorship. They couldn't get any advertisers. And many of them came unprepared. Uh, Chuck T was one of them. Uh, he was stupid on the radio. He really didn't know anything about subject matter, and he didn't even bother to come in prepared, even though he had gone to Delphi University with Flavor Flav, good universities. These were not homeboys from the hood. Oh, no, Freeport Roosevelt. No, 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 sorry. But anyway, I digress. And he was teamed up with Rachel Maddow, who was known even in talk radio at, Amer at Air America to read everything off of cards, index cards. It's almost like she refused to do improv. Uh, she was guest. I eviscerated her. And very quickly I was told, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to do the rest of the week. Uh, because obviously who knew that MSNBC in their minds uh, – with thinking of Rachel Maddow potentially as a talk show hostess, having her own talk show TV outlet, which eventually she uh, got did very well in the ratings. But you got to know, she never improvs. That woman reads everything from the teleprompter, everything. Everything is created in advance. Everything is structured. There is no room to move whatsoever. That's the difference from talk TV to talk radio. That's why oftentimes... Talk TV hosts and hostesses uh, do talk radio as a side hustle, and they don't do a very good job because they think it's like talk TV. All they do is talk about, hey, last night I was on uh, this. Uh, did you see me on my show? Who, who cares? <laughs> I don't want to hear about talk TV on the radio. If I wanted to listen to talk TV, I'd turn it on and watch and be bored. Talk radio is different. It's the most intimate form of communication. So, in fact, Lou, I could just imagine a scene from The Godfather in which uh, Bill O'Reilly was Hyman Roth, the veteran, right? Lee Strasberg. And um, 
And then all of a sudden, Tucker Carlson, who took his slot, and remember, didn't miss a beat because they told him, get rid of the bow tie. You're no longer a liberal, moderate uh, libertarian. You're going to be a populist, open collar. You're going to have a totally different point of view if you're to fill the slot of the outgoing Bill O'Reilly. And he did it, and he did it very successfully. But I could easily have seen Bill O'Reilly talking to Tucker Carlson just like Hyman Roth spoke to Michael Corleone in The Godfather. This is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who gave the order because it had nothing to do with business. And that's what this is all about, business. Do me a favor, Lou, play that one more time because what applied in The Godfather scene, Hyman Roth and... Uh, Al Pacino, a.k.a. Michael Corleone, applies to talk TV, talk radio, to any, anything in the entertainment world, the news, talk, entertainment world. This is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who gave the order because it had nothing to do with business. That's the bottom line. By the way, ironic, today is the 83rd birthday of uh, Al Pacino. Grew up in East Harlem. His parents divorced. I remember he moved to the South Bronx to live with his grandparents and his mom. Uh, I think uh, he went to, uh, what was that, Herman Wright at Junior High School near Boston Road. Still open. He dropped out of junior high school, then went on, did an audition for the high school of performing arts, and you know the rest of that story. But, look, they lend us the microphone here every day at WABC and at every entertainment news talk outlet. Remember, entertainment news talk outlet. If you think it's hardcore news, hardcore commentary, and people behind the microphone or behind the television uh, teleprompter Believe everything that they're saying or reading. Think again. Think again. It's a business. It's about the ratings. They'll swap you out in a heartbeat. And that is their right. They lend you the microphone each and every day. You come in. You should be trying to put on the best performance you can. It is a performance. It is not dogma. It's not ideology. It's not going to change one person's Belief system, because anybody watching talk TV or listening to talk radio are already hardened in their views. Most of you, you want to be, it's the chorus. You want to hear the same regurgitated point of view you have because it reinforces what you believe. It's like going to the diner. And every day the guy orders turkey and mash and the waiter or the waitress, they already tell the short order cook, turkey and mash. You know, Joe's coming. in. It's what it is. The better ones, though, will uh, obviously pivot at times and become more entertaining. That's why Sid is so successful in the morning. He's done this for 25 years. He's had his ups and downs. Look at how many times he was fired. Uh, it's why I'm successful. I've been doing it 35 years. Look how many times I've been fired. Rush Limbaugh, who was considered the greatest of all time, fired seven times. So don't be sitting shiver for Tucker Carlson. Tucker will have an opportunity to do a million different things. But I will tell you, whatever he chooses to do, 
He'll never be as big as he was at 8 o'clock on the Fox News channel because it's all about the real real estate. I found that the hard way about WABC. No matter where else I went, it could never be as good as at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, on any shift. So remember, they, they lend you the microphone each day. They can take it away. It's their right. It's a business. And don't believe the hype. Many of my colleagues, if all of a sudden they were offered a good paycheck, a really good paycheck, maybe a better paycheck, and they were told you have to alter your point of view, you have to modify it, you got to massage it, you can't be what you used to be, would do it in a heartbeat. We are actors and we are actresses. Entertainment is the number one goal in keeping people engaged. If all you do is repeat the same old, same old, it's just like all the rest, a carbon copy. You're of little interest. You're not going to attract any new viewers or any new listeners. Can I have that one more time so I could solidify it? Hyman Roth talking to Michael Corleone. This is the business we've chosen. I didn't ask who gave the order because it had nothing to do with business. Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Harry Belafonte, that's it, age 96, he's left his plane. Went to, I think, George Washington High School, yeah, up in Washington Heights, then entered the Navy, World War II veteran. Then I don't think got a break until about 56 or so, he did the Banana Boat album. Imagine, you could never call it a banana boat album now you know chiquita banana and all that no 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 and this became an anthem at parties no matter where you went dead day oh dead day oh yo calypso uh, hey bring out the stick the stickball bat and see if you can shimmy under the stickball bat you know that was always part and parcel of parties but um he was also a fixture in the civil rights movement. And more importantly, Harry Belafonte was a supporter of a lot of the traditional civil rights leaders. And although I disagreed with his politics at times, uh, he certainly had made his bones the hard way. But then when he got older, oh boy, did he veer all the way to the left. I mean, all the way to the left. He would praise Fidel Castro and Raul Castro behind the sugar cane curtain. He would visit there on a regular basis and pump up the Cubans and say, it's a better system in Cuba than it is here in the United States. When Fidel Castro would come as a guest of Charlie Rangel and uh, Harry Belafonte and others, uh, Sarano, who seemed to be like a uh, congressman forever, and would make the rounds 
uh, of the South Bronx of Harlem. Eh, Harry Belafonte was always there. Yeah, yeah, Castro is the best, not like the rest. And then eventually he went to Venezuela to praise Hugo Chavez, along with his very dear friend Danny Glover. They were saying that Hugo Chavez's way was better than our form of democracy here in the United States. And they couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. And then some prescribed it to age, the same kind of aging process that, uh, and we'll talk about it momentarily, that President Joe Biden is going through as he announced he's running for re-election with giggles. <laughs> Harris says his vice president. But when he reached into his 80s, he would call Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice, who were part of the administration of Bush 43. He would say they're house Negroes. You see, Bush and Cheney and all the slave masters and the plantation owners of the Bush administration, they said to Colin Powell, they said to Condoleezza Rice, you can come in out of the fields as a field Negro and we'll make you a house Negro. Wow. Said that both of them were committed to coming into the house of the master, would never give them their due, the fact that they had achieved as much as I disagreed with Colin Powell, weapons of mass destruction, uh, idiocy that got us involved in Iraq when he made that pitch to the United Nations General Assembly. This guy went to Morris High School in the South Bronx. This guy was a Chavez boy. That became, for me, the legacy of Harry Belafonte. Then someone else who had almost... Nothing good on his resume except for hateful white people. He also died. That was Alton Maddox at the age of 77. Most infamous because the Three Stooges went up to Wappinger's Falls years ago. And then Poughkeepsie and made up a story that Tawana Brawley uh, had been raped uh, by an associate of Stephen Pogonis, who was a police officer, and Stephen Pagonis himself, and uh, that this was white supremacy, this was like the Klan. You remember no justice, no peace demonstrations. The whole nation was focused on this. Turned out to be a complete and utter lie. Totally made up. Totally made up. Turns out Stephen Pagonis, his friend, had uh, killed himself, a suicide unrelated to this, had nothing to do with this. And they saw this in the newspaper when they were up there, the Poughkeepsie Journal, as they were visiting Tawana Brawley in Wappinger's Falls, and they just whipped up this story. Three cast characters of Mayhem, you know what the results were. Alton Maddox, who would constantly scream that he had evidence. He promised he would prove that Tawana Brawley had told the truth. He never did. But then again, side by side with him was Al Slim Shady Sharpton. You might have remembered there was a, another character called C. Vernon Mason. Now, both Alton Maddox and C. Vernon Mason were lawyers. Uh, C. Vernon Mason, he ended up getting disbarred because he ripped off clients. He had a law office, I believe, on Court Street, downtown Brooklyn. And he had a number of his uh, clients come forward, people of color, who said, this guy ripped me off. I gave him a retainer. He never did anything. Alton Maddox was disbarred because... He was just spewing racism all the time and not cooperating with any of the judicial procedures, including 
at the time, Bobby Abrams, attorney general, liberal progressive, who uh, was uh, deemed by Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo. Hey, Mario, ascendeme, tu si provienos facim. And he was. And he appointed the attorney general, Bobby Abrams, to investigate the Tawana Brawley lie, and Alton Maddox would not cooperate, C. Vernon Mason, and, of course, Al Slim Shady Sharpton. Tawana Brawley did as much for Al Slim Shady Sharpton's career as MTV did for Michael Jackson's. He survived. Look at him every day on MSNBC, right? He lied. He created racial tension. He created racial division. Sharpton has survived and been put on a pedestal. Alton Maddox was disbarred, rightfully so, as was C. Vernon Mason disbarred. He went on, naturally, to be what? A reverend. So now you know the rest of the story as it is in that vein. But, oh, I will tell you that side-by-side with them, friends of C. Vernon Mason, friends of Alton Maddox, friends of the three cast characters, the three stooges of Mayhem, Al Slim, Shady, Sharpton, and they were mentors to them all, was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who was part of the National Action Network when it first started on 145th Street. But he is best known as uh, the nightlife mayor. He continues to add to that resume by constantly being out until the break of dawn, mostly at Club Zero Bond. Whatever happens in Club Zero Bond, a private club downtown stays in Club Zero Bond. But, boy, he spreads around. He goes to so many hip-hop clubs uh, and uh, late-night clubs. And wherever there's any action uh, till the break of dawn, that's where you're going to find Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Not dealing with crime, not dealing with uh, garbage in the streets, emotionally disturbed, homeless, I can go on and on and on. But remember, he had to defend himself in Washington, D.C. on Thursday when he was on the uh, stage with his co-hostess. That's right. uh, Well, it was uh, lightweight, lightfoot. Uh, Beetlejuice, still the mayor of Chicago. Uh, as they were talking to the uh, black mayors of America, they meet uh, like once a year at their annual conference. And again, there were like black reporters who were giving him, uh, I mean, real heat because they're saying, look, after a year and a half, you're mayor of the most prominent city in the world. And what's your tagline? You're the swagger man. I'm the CEO of the largest corporation in America, and my bald head, earring-wearing swagger is running this city my way. Yeah, yeah. My way. That's swag. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's swag. Meantime, he went last night uh, to another late-night party, Melba's Restaurant, because uh, the the actual, there's a nightlife mayor in New York City who had been appointed by Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope. All he used to do at night was smoke Maui Waui and Hindu Kush on the back porch of Gracie Mansion uh, after thieving $1.5 billion with his wife, Charlene, from a program called Thrive that was supposed to help emotionally disturbed persons. Never did. So he wouldn't go out and party to the break of dawn. So Eric Adams was there to uh, wish a good future to the previous nightlife mayor and said, you don't need a nightlife mayor. I'm the nightlife mayor. Meantime, nightlife mayors came there from Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Austin, Orlando, Pittsburgh, even Bogota, Colombia, where she had the white powder underneath her nose, or at least I think it was. 
<laughs> and here was the mayor talking about, hey, you got to support the Hip Hop Museum, which is under incredible scrutiny now in the South Bronx because a lot of hip hop activists are saying, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, 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 man. There's a lot of corruption going involved there. But hey, the mayor. And, and let me give you the history of all late night mayors, right? Party time, nightlife mayors. Let's see, there was Jimmy Walker, crashed and burned here over 100 years ago. Kwame Kirkpatrick went to jail in Detroit. You had crackhead Marion Barry. You know what happened to him. And in Finland, you remember the prime minister, Sanya Marin? She got voted out of office because she was always partying. <laughs> and who was side by side with the mayor as they were celebrating? Tony Montagna. Uh, no, no, no. Not from Scarface. Not the Al Pacino movie. I know he's 83 years old today. I already paid tribute to him. But here, let me give you some of Tony Montagna's uh, lyrics that apparently he was dropping last night at this celebration of nightlife. Effing cockroaches. Mother effing free bands. Want me to be the bad guy. Want to play cartel and the end bomb. How the hell could you be mayor of the city of New York and standing around for all of that? But, hey, his complexion is his protection. Meantime, you notice his illegal weed shops are opening up all over town. I mean, right now, approximately there are about 2,000 in the five boroughs of the city of New York. Eric Adams is always complaining, you know, my hands are tied. I want to padlock them because there are only six legal weed shops from Buffalo to Brooklyn now where the state gets the tax revenue. These weed shops, right, it's all illegal uh, marijuana products. There's, There's no tax money going anywhere. So a lawyer who represents illegal weed shops said the majority are owned through LLCs and have no bank accounts. So they can put a tax license but never collect it. And now the LLC illegal weed shops are turning into corporations to avoid any personal liability. And the majority of these weed shops are opened by the Yemenites who also own a lot of the bodegas. If they try to find out who owners are of LLC, it's a long process, and they'll just open up under another name. There's only four legal weed shops in New York City since the rollout from the law that was passed two years ago. (laughs) As opposed to the 2,000 illegal weed shops. Eric Adams. Stop being out there nightlife holding up your Tino tequila. We now know he loves to drink Tino tequila. And shut these illegal weed shops. Stop partying to the break of dawn and do your freaking job. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I'd like to be able to... Anyway. I'm... My mind's going blank now. What's happening? What, what, I can't remember. Losing track. My mind's going blank now. What are you talking about? What the hell's going on here? Where the hell are My mind's going blank now. I can't remember. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What am I doing here? My mind's going blank now. Where am I headed? I keep forgetting I'm president. Where am I? I no idea. I don't think as I 
want to thank and recognize Dr. John John King Kingerson. Breaking the roots. This is a top 40 hit around the nation. Regardless of one's politics, it's such a well-done song and so epitomizes a president who at times is vapid, lost, and is clearly suffering from first-level dementia. There's no doubt about it. But cocksure enough, he is, and his handlers, and his wife, the so-called doctor, that he has announced that he is running for re-election with his running mate, uh, Giggles Harris. <laughs> now, why? Why is he announcing now? Because he's lusting for a rematch with Donald Trump. Uh, the Democrats have done all the analytics, all the analytics, ladies and gentlemen. The last time around 2020, 155 million people turned out to vote as opposed to 138 million when it was uh, Trump versus Hillary and Trump unexpectedly beat Hillary because in the last waning days of the campaign, the last 11 days, women broke for Trump. Women did not break for Trump against Biden. And the analytics are that there are 10 million more female voters in America than male voters. Uh, Whereas many men have veered right and become Republicans, many women consider themselves moderate Democrats, and some have veered left to become liberals, progressives, and in some instances, followers of AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ten million voters is the turnout from the state of Texas alone. That was a differential of why Joe Biden won. And I know you got election deniers out there. Yeah, they fixed the election. Yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. Americans are exhausted. They don't want to replay 2020. They don't want to hear about election denying. That is what Trumpers talk about. That is a minority of the American population. Americans want to move forward. They don't want Joe Biden either. Poll after poll says they're exhausted with both Biden and with Trump. But Republicans are insistent on coming out early for Trump. I see uh, Lee Zeldin endorse Donald Trump instead of waiting for a primary process. Uh, whether uh, DeSantis jumps in or not, there are other candidates. We're not even going to wait for the primaries. We're doing endorsements now. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Trump. Let's go back to 2020. And Democrats are being told essentially the same thing. Uh, Nobody else should jump in. It's Biden's field because Trump is going to win it. And in a replay of the election of 2020, Biden beats Trump again, according to the analytics. Now, maybe there'll be a depression. Maybe there'll be a war. God forbid any of those two and people's minds will change. But as it stands right now, the figures are not going to change. There's 10 million more women out there, and they're not being attracted to Donald Trump. I will tell you this. If, in fact, DeSantis were to survive a Republican primary, and we don't know yet if that's a possibility, but if he were to get on a stage with Joe Biden, I can tell you the reaction of Americans will. They will look at the feeble Joe Biden. The difference is that DeSantis will let the president, Joe Biden, talked himself out of office, unlike Trump, who constantly interrupted him, constantly was boisterous, yelling, screaming. 
And he made it easy for Joe Biden. DeSantis, young, about 45. People will look at Joe Biden. They'll say he's ready for the senior citizen retirement home. DeSantis will let Joe Biden talk his way out of office. The more Joe Biden talks, the more stumbling and fumbling, the more Americans will realize his time is over. But if it's Trump Biden again, as apparently some of you want, you'll probably get the very same results. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.